to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. He has qualified us. We're qualified. When I was in grade school, I, I tried out for the basketball team. I didn't qualify. <laughs> I was terrible. I'm with a capital T. I was terrible. I mean, it's like, I remember. It was almost like, you know, it's kind of traumatic when I think I remember the gym. I remember all the kids. I remember, you know, they knew how to do the, you know, shooting the basket. And I remember just people looking at me like they're shaking their head like, no, he ain't going to make it. And I was a little bit brokenhearted. I wanted to try. And they said, you know, you didn't make the team. And right, they just cut me. I didn't make the team. And I was like, but that's okay. You know, I love track. I love football. And I was much better at that. I just wasn't good at basketball. I just wasn't any good. But I didn't qualify. But, but for heaven, it's the Father who qualifies us. And how are we qualified to go to heaven? It's, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's one word and it starts with a J. The only qualification is Jesus. He is the qualification. He's the one that qualifies, that, that makes us fit, that makes us, renders us fit for heaven. We can't go to heaven without Jesus. He's the only one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, listen, no one comes to the Father, the heavenly Father, except through, through me, Jesus. He's the only way. But he qualifies us. And, and we're qualified to go to heaven and to partake of an inheritance. And inheritance means a lot. And we, we have a lot in heaven. We have a, a place that's there for us in heaven. We have a great, good inheritance. I don't know about you. When my parents passed away, I, I, didn't, I didn't have an inheritance. I had, there was really, there was no home, no bank account, no nothing. There's no inheritance. It, and it was great. You know, I'm not complaining. And, you know, my dad left me a nice camera, and it was just a, whatever he had was, you know, but it's, it's okay. It's not, my, my wife, even, when her mother passed away, they didn't even have enough money for, to, for the casket. And the neighbors found out, and they, she thinks, they don't, she doesn't know who did it, but there was an envelope in their mailbox, and she thought that, that maybe the neighbors came together and all put some money together and tried to help them so they can have a, a burial for her mother, so we don't have an earthly inheritance. My wife and I, we just didn't, it's not something that, that happened in our lives. And that's okay. You know, that's not, there's no complaints whatsoever. But let me tell you, we have a great inheritance in heaven. A rich, 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 rich inheritance in heaven that's so wonderful that I am so looking forward to. And you do too. You have an inheritance in heaven. And Jesus qualifies us. Has he qualified you? Have you accepted Jesus? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? Paul, as he writes to those in Colossae, he's saying, I thank my heavenly Father who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We have a great inheritance. You have a great inheritance. I love what C.S. Lewis said. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Isn't that true? Nothing in this world truly satisfies us. If you obtain certain things, you want more. You, you, you will never, ever satisfy your flesh. Never. I remember being in the world and I would buy nice cars. I wanted a nicer, a faster car. I'd buy a nice house. I wanted a nicer, a faster house. I would go out with women. I'd want faster women or whatever. I don't know, but I want more. <laughs> I never could satisfy my flesh. 
But none of us could. And that's where I came to know the Lord because I was like, really, is this it? Is this all life has to offer? I've tasted everything life has. I've, I've had everything life can offer and I just want more and it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. There's gotta be more to this world. Not this world, but there's another world, right? It's called heaven. One day, when we're absent from our body, we're gonna be in the presence of the Lord just like Billy Graham did just recently. The world mourns, for, we, we mourn for ourselves. We're not mourning for him. Do you think Billy Graham's in heaven right now and think, oh, I wish I could go back down there, you know? No. No, he's with his wife. He's with other family members. He's there in glory, in the presence of God. We have a rich inheritance. I love little Emily, Heidi's daughter, three years old. She, she told her mother just recently, she said, Jesus is coming in the cloud and Jesus is taking me home. Isn't that awesome? And then she told her mother, she said, after church, it was a Tuesday, she was here and she says, she said, Jesus is gonna take me to the cloud and help me find a home. And then Heidi was saying, she doesn't ever remember telling her daughter these things. And so she's just, you know, she says, well, who told you that? She says, Jesus. She's only three years old, but her theology's right. Jesus is coming in a cloud. He's going to take us home. That's the rapture of the church. And I believe it's very possible we're, we're going to be that generation. We have this hope that goes beyond the grave. But, you know, would it be nice to be part of the rapture? I don't want to have to go through funeral arrangements and all that if I don't have to. And with my wife and myself, I, I think the rapture would be better. Don't you think so? For we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the air and we shall ever, forever be with the Lord. Do you have any problems today that the rapture won't take care of? I don't think there's any problem that you can have that the rapture doesn't instantly take care of it. It's like, it's taken care of. The rapture, okay, that wasn't, that's nothing to worry about. Some people say, well, you know, because I believe the Bible teaches very clearly that we can know that we have eternal life. And there's people that say, well, you really can't know that. Well, the Bible teaches that we, we know that we have eternal life. The, the Bible makes it clear, and God wants you to know if you have eternal life. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ. It's not a, a maybe, or I think so, or I hope so, in a way that you, well, I hope I go to heaven. I, I pray that if you're here today that you know you have eternal life. Do you know that you have eternal life? You see, my spirit bears witness with his spirit that I'm a child of God. I, I believe and know that I'm his child, not because of any good works that I have done, but because of what Jesus Christ did for me at the cross. And I received that free gift of salvation. It's a gift, and I've received the gift. And now I know that I'm going to heaven when I die to be absent from my body. I'm gonna be in the presence of God. There's in all glory where there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more death. There, there's fullness of joy. There's pleasures forevermore. And that's where we're gonna go someday. We have hope beyond the grave, but we can know that we have eternal life. It, how about this verse? Look at this. First John. First John 2.25, it says, and this is the promise that he, the Lord, has promised us. What does it say? Can we say it together? Do you think God keeps his promises? Well, he promised us eternal life. So you can't say that you don't know if you have eternal life. You don't know if you're going to go to heaven. Well, God has promised us eternal life, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. Another verse that talks about this and talks about how he rescues us from the darkness and the wrath, it says, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry 
we had to you and how you turned to God, talking to those in Thessalonica, Paul's writing, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. Listen to this. Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. He's delivered us. That word delivered also means rescued. He's rescued us from the wrath to come. He's rescued us from hell. We don't, we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to go to a place of torment because of what Jesus did for us. So as we talk about rescue, Jesus rescued us from eternal torment. But another point I'd like to make in the next verse in our text, if you can, please, the next verse. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. If you're a note-taker, the word there, delivered, means to draw to oneself or to rescue. That's where we get this, the rescuer. What has he rescued us from? The power of darkness. He's rescued you from the power of darkness, and he's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love, from the kingdom of his beloved son. The word conveyed means to transfer, to remove from one place to another. So basically, if you're a believer here today, Jesus has rescued you from the powers of darkness. He's taken you out from the powers of darkness and he's brought you into the kingdom of his son, a kingdom of love and light. You have a new address. I want to make this point very clear and I hope we understand this because when it says that he's delivered us from the powers of darkness, it it means that Satan has no authority or power over us as believers anymore. Do you know that? I, I believe some people, they give Satan the demonic realm too much airplay. Really, I, I believe that. They're like, oh, Satan just beating me up again. He's just got me down. He's in. That's, it can happen. We can get oppressed from the enemy. But, but we, he's transferred us. He's, he's brought us out. He's replaced us. We're, we're no longer under the authority of the devil anymore. He's pulled us out of that authority. Without being a believer, you were under the authority of the devil. He had authority over you. You were sons of disobedience. We were sons and daughters of disobedience. But he's taken us away. And if you see the transfer, it's almost like, you know, when you see someone that uh, they they have a job transfer. It's like, okay, I don't work at this location anymore. They transferred me to Colorado. You know, we had a family here that they were working for Boeing. And so they were transferred. They had to go to Colorado. So whenever they're on vacation, they come to this church. He's going to retire. They're going to be a big part of this church. He loves being here. But for now, he's just transferred over there. And listen, that's what's happened to us. We were in darkness. We were under the power and authority of the devil. And then Jesus, when we accepted Christ, it's like he took us with, no, you're in the kingdom. You're in the light. You're in my love. But listen, please listen. How often do we sometimes, we kind of kind of go back to the darkness. We're like, oh, it was kind of nice. Those little dark things over here were pretty nice. Let me just take this little dark stuff over in my world over here. You were delivered from that. You were set free from that. And God doesn't want us to go back into the darkness and to, 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 you know, to toy with darkness. He wants us to, to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So he's, convi- excuse me, he's conveyed us. He's brought us out. He rescued us. Delivered means rescue, to rescue. We're on a rescue mission Spurgeon said, Beloved, we are still tempted by Satan, but we're not under his power. We have to fight with him, but we are not his slaves. He is not our king. He has no rights over us. We do not obey him. We will not listen to his temptations. Amen? Great quote. 
But again, we're on a rescue mission with God. People are in darkness and they don't even know that they're in darkness. And we have the tools. We, we have spiritual weapons and we have Jesus. And the, the Lord wants us to, to share Jesus that people would be set free from the powers of darkness. They're in darkness. They don't even know it. I look back at my life and I'm like, that's terrible. I was in darkness. There's some pictures of me when I was younger. I can't even look at them. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. What, I, just, what I'd look like and who I was. And it was just, it was dark. I was in a dark world. But thank God I was rescued. In the news, as we've been watching the school shooting there in Florida, how 17 innocent children were killed. And the first report that came out, there was a police officer that was there on duty with a gun in hand, and he did not go in and rescue those kids. And if that's not bad enough, we hear now that there was four police officers that were there that could have gone in, four police officers, not one of them went in to rescue those kids. And that's what they're called to do. They had weapons on them. They were called to go in and rescue. And we find out that this man that did this massacre on a six-minute shooting spree killed 17, injured others. He walked out of that place and he totally was set free and they had to rescue him, or excuse me, they had to capture him like an hour later. But you see, the ones that were on duty, the ones that had the guns, they were there, but they didn't go in to rescue these kids. And, and I wonder how many kids would have been saved if they would have taken these men with guns, would have went in and confronted the evil. And that's what they're called to do. That's, they, they make an oath to do that, to, to protect and uphold the law. But they didn't go in. And I don't know the whole story. I'm not here passing judgment on what they did. But to me, as I look at that, it's almost like, well, how many people are we not rescuing that are, are dying in our midst that we don't even realize that? And we're just like, we're so caught up in our world. It's like, oh, I don't know. They don't want to hear this Jesus stuff. And, and we don't go in and just go in and rescue them and say, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus Christ, the son of God, died on the cross. His blood was, his, his, he bled for your sins. He died for your sins. He wants to save you. They might yell at you the first time. They might yell at you the second time. But guess what? They need to be rescued and they don't even know it. And they're brainwashed by the devil. And they think that they're okay when they don't even know that they're not okay because they're in darkness and they need to be set free. And listen, it's like the whole thing is like, and I, I was talking with Pastor Steve about this. He was going to use this illustration with his men. And so I was like, wow, I like that. He didn't use it. So I'm like, I'm going to use that one. I like that one. Because it gives us such a picture of like we can sit back and, and pass judgment you know, with these guys and say, wait a second, why didn't you go in? And how many kids would have been saved? And how many, you know, how many would have been rescued if you would have just gone in and, and risked it? But then we look at it as when we step into heaven, how many people are we not rescuing? And, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm away from, not behind the pulpit, okay? When I buy behind the pulpit, that's the word of God. When I stand out here, this is my opinion, okay? <laughs> My opinion. When we go to heaven, is it going to be like this where, where God's going to say, you know, I put you in this neighborhood. You had all these people around you. I, I put you on a rescue mission. I wanted you to talk to you know, so-and-so next door, your other neighbor next door over there. I wanted you to share with that person. The person across the street, did you know that they were wanting to commit suicide while you were sitting, in your sitting there watching your television and they're contemplating killing themselves? And, and, you know, do you know that I sent you on a rescue mission and I put you in that neighborhood for a purpose and plan? I put you in that family for a purpose and plan because people around you need to be saved and they're in darkness and I don't want to step into heaven and say really I, 
I didn't know. As I mentioned earlier, that the usher that, that brought Billy Graham down to the front, when he, when he got saved, I believe that usher was probably filled with the Holy Spirit. He was in tune with God's Spirit. He saw Billy Graham, and God put it upon his heart, put this young boy up front, and he put the young boy up front, and he was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, that, and God used him and to save a life, and look at what happened with Billy Graham's life. And my point is, what are we called to do? Are we in tune with the Holy Spirit? Are we in tune with what God's called us to do? Are we in tune with, with the leading of, and direction of his spirit showing us what, what we're supposed to do? Because I don't want it to be, listen, for any one of us that step into heaven and God's like, Lord, I had so much for you, but you lived your world for your life. You lived for your kingdom. Yeah, you, you, know, you built your kingdom here on earth when I wanted you to build a kingdom in heaven. And I had such good plans for you. I had such good gifts for you. And I had such talents for you. And I had, you know, I, I placed you strategically in the neighborhood you're in. I, I placed you strategically in the ministry that I wanted you to be a part of. I, I placed you strategically in the family that I wanted you to be in. And I, and I placed you there for a purpose. And I placed you there for a plan. We had a mission. And I want to be part of that mission. I really do. I believe there's greater things yet to come for this city of Sunset Beach and Huntington Harbor. You see, God kicked a door open. He didn't just open a door. He kicked a door open in a community that had no church for over 100 years that said, we don't want a church in our community for 100 years, but God kicked a door open, and here we are. And there's a reason for that. Why? Because people need to be rescued from the powers of darkness, and they need to be brought into the kingdom. And I want, and I hope and pray that we're a part of that mission. You know these verses. I'm going to just read it. Ephesians 2, 1, it says, And you, if you're a believer here today, this is you. And you, he made alive, who were once dead, in your trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's where we walked. We walked according to this world, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and, in the, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. That's what we used to be, just as the others. We were like that, but he made us alive. Next verse. But God, those are powerful words, but God, who is rich in his mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we've been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's changed us. He's raised us. I'm always fascinated when I read that. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. It's talking present tense. We're, it's already done. It's a, it's a done deal. We're, we're already there, basically. We're sitting in heavenly places because of Jesus. He made us alive are we letting people know about this life? And I'll just read it. Back in our text, verse 14, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. The only point I'd like to make with that is that there's a lot in that, but basically the, the fact that Jesus rescued us from the penalty of sin, we're forgiven. He's, he's redeemed us through his blood. He died in our place, which most of us here know that. But there, for the rest of my time, as we close, as I'm winding down, I want to point out that God has transferred us from darkness to his kingdom. We're kingdom kids. 
in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you, can we say that together, can you see it? The kingdom. It's God's good pleasure. What gives God pleasure? Well, it tells us here. Have you ever thought about that? What gives God pleasure? We, we know what gives us pleasure. What gives God's pleasure? What, what makes him, uh, what, what are his desires? What's his great desire? Well, it tells us here to give you the kingdom. That's his desire. He takes great pleasure in giving us the kingdom. And it doesn't say he gives him good pleasure to give us part of the kingdom. It doesn't say that he wants to give us just a smidgen of the kingdom, a little bit of the kingdom. You know, he's, it's his great pleasure to give us the kingdom. All that, all that heaven is, he, he gives it to us as believers. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with Christ. Heaven belongs to us. He gives us heaven. We go to heaven. It's like he's giving us heaven. We're, we're, we're co-heirs. We're ownership with Christ. And we, we have everything at our resources in heaven. And it's, just, and it's not only that, how great that is, but it's God's good pleasure to give us that. And I don't even fully fathom what that means when we go to heaven and how awesome it's going to be. And it's going to be a place of, uh, you know, like bliss. And it's going to be amazing that we can't even comprehend in our mind. But it's God's good pleasure to give us that. But as I close, another verse comes to mind that goes with this where it says, the kingdom of God, as we're talking about the kingdom of God, it says it's not eating, it's not drinking, it's not a physical thing, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So not only does the kingdom have to do with the kingdom of heaven that, that God has a pleasure in giving to us, but he, he also has a great pleasure of giving us righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I point this out is we talk about the kingdom of God. He, he's taken us out of darkness. He's brought us into the kingdom. But part of this kingdom, he wants to give you his righteousness. He wants to give you peace. And he wants to give you joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and you're not filled with the, the peace of God, if you're not filled with the joy of God, and if you don't know if you have righteousness, it's God's good pleasure to give you righteousness, to give you his peace, to give you great joy. And all you need to do is ask because it's not, it's not like God's up in heaven saying, okay, you know, he's looking down, shaking his head, not again, not these guys. These guys are terrible. And you go to him and say, uh, God, I could really use some peace. And he's like, get out of here. And you're like, okay, I didn't mean to even ask, you know. No. It's a picture of it's like he's waiting to bless us with, with all of his goodness. He's waiting to give us tons of peace. He's waiting to give us his joy. He's waiting to give us his, his righteousness. It's his good pleasure to give us the things that pertain to his kingdom. So why aren't we just partaking of that? I believe because many times people are just going back into darkness. They're, they're, they're toying with darkness or they're toying with the world or they're, they're caught up in the things of the flesh or they're caught up in the things of the world. And God's like, don't you see? I just want to bless you with, with peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit. And as we close, as we close with this, I just want to encourage you it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He takes pleasure in giving you good things. And all you need to do is go to him and, and ask and turn away from this world, turn away from sin. He's on a rescue mission. He wants to rescue us. But he also wants to use us in this rescue mission. So as we close, Jesus, the great rescuer, he came to the earth on a rescue mission, he's still rescuing people today. Has he rescued you from darkness? 
And has he conveyed you, has he transferred you into his kingdom? If not, today is the day, it's through Jesus Christ. And if you've been rescued, this is just a great reminder, it's his good pleasure to give you his righteousness, to give you his peace, to give you his joy. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.